Hey, Mark. Hey, Sam. I've, uh, I've got a joke for you. Ooh, I like jokes. What is the castle owner's favorite genre of music? I don't know. What is the castle owner's favorite genre of music? Moat town. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? <laughs> oh, you were right. That is terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. Is. That's I. But I you love know, it. but you know, it's it's there. It's out it's there, there now. It's and out there. There we go. Oh right. Should we should we do the thing? Yeah, let's do the thing. Welcome, Welcome to, to Jingle Boys! Boys. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Sam. And we're here to talk about Christmas movies. Yes, we are. Because <laughs> the Jingle Bells decreed that we would. That's... That we have to do an episode. That we, we have, have to, to do uh... I, It's Christmas every day at Jingle Bells, and that means we are Christmas adjacent every day. Basically, yes. Like, I can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. So... For people that are a bit confused, thanks for, for bearing with till this part of the explanations of it. Um, my name uh, is uh, is Mark. Uh, I am the editor of, of, of Jingle Bells, otherwise known as, as one of the Jingle Boys. Um, and here we have another one of the Jingle Boys um, yep. in Sam. Hi, Sam. Yep. Hello, my name is Sam. And yes, I am also here. And uh, yeah, Bex is my partner. So yes, Christmas is a hugely prevalent topic every day in our household. Yes, I, I should have said yeah. I was, I was like, I'm also I'm Naomi's partner. So yeah, we are we are the Jingle Boys. Yes, we are. And yeah, we're gonna be talking about a uh, a castle for Christmas today, which is a which is an uh, a movie that the Jingle Bells have already covered, um, but. So, yeah, we're going to be giving our own special little take on it. We are. We are. This is a, a special episode in a, in a number of ways, as I understand it. This is, if you're listening to this, that means you have signed up to Jingle Bells on Coffee for some monies. So thank you very much uh, for doing that. We Good for you. Well Jingle done. Jingle Bells is pretty excellent um, mm-hmm. in a number of good ways. So thank you very much for your support. Um, don't worry. As we have been sort of promised for now, this is a one-off special episode. I don't know if we do a very good job, we might come back for more. We might, we <laughs> might. So yeah, keep uh, sign up to Jingle Bells. Tell tell your festive friends. Send this podcast to your gran. Is that right? They talk about their sending stuff presents from your gran a lot on the, uh, on the regular I, show. Yeah, I think so. Send it to basically everyone you know. You all, you all, we all have someone that we know that's like that's the person that like in June is like, it's this many days till Christmas. You know, there <laughs> is a Christmas countdown in the middle of summer. Well, I would start, love it. Love a Christmas countdown. Don't mm-hmm. we? Like it's such a, a, a Christmas classic. So yeah, we are doing the film. We were, we were given uh, to, to review uh, was a castle for Christmas. There is a, an episode um, already out from the jingle bell. So yeah, go check that one out. I don't know exactly what we're, you know, what are, 
own things are our own likes and dislikes of this film are we will we'll get into it but we'll get into we ha- all of the meat of that yeah. we'll get into all the juicy little details details but on the off chance that you haven't seen uh the jingle bells episode of a castle for christmas and you're like you're, you're gonna listen to us first you're gonna power through let we need to catch you up so this this brings us quite succinctly to you know the synopsis of the movie and sam <laughs> you you have been bequeathed the uh the honor of synopsis time i have been bequeathed the utmost honor of synopsis time so <clears throat> it starts off a dark, a dark stage and then a beam of light and you can see me and my guitar in the end of time there was a man who knew the road, and the writing was written on the stone. And then a thin layer of fog comes around my ankles. Rhodes, that means dry eyes. We're going to talk about this later. In the ancient time, an artist led the way, but no one seemed to understand. Chimes, Freddy. In his heart he knew The artist must be true But the legend of the rent was way past you And then Katie you come in with the bass Why you think you'll be just fine Without me but you're mine You think you can kick me out of the band and then, Zach, you come in with a face melter. Well, it's just one problem there. The band is mine! How can you kick me out of synopsis time? Well, you're not hot. <laughs> that's about all I have. <laughs> that was a bit... What do you mean, that's about all you have? Oh, I, I have... I have edited every single episode of Jingle Bells. I have I have been there for all of the synopsis times. I have had to 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 download and find some backing tracks for for some stuff that was sensational. My oh, my bravo. primary my primary worry is like the audio level. <laughs> like I'm just like uh, I hope none like I hope none of that peaks like anywhere. Oh. That would be bad. Oh, if you hear any peaking, I'm not. Oh, I was about to say, if you're not here any peeking, I'm not doing my job right. I feel like I'm setting myself up now for a, <laughs> for a future difficulty. I have oh. not adjusted any of the any of the settings on Audacity or any of the levels. It's just exactly how I've been given now, and it sounded fine when I sound checked. Sa- it sounded beautiful to me. That oh, amazing job! I think I think the Jingle Bells would be proud. I, I think okay, I think they'd be very proud of that synopsis time. Just so, so as, as long as I'm living up to the. Living up to the standard. Oh, that's it's all we can we can try and do with this. Cool. Oh, cool. so yeah, <laughs> synopsis time. So, so it's a pretty it's a pretty short yeah. synopsis like this. Yeah. Right? So, so to escape a scandal, a best-selling author journeys to Scotland, where she falls in love with a castle, and faces off with a grumpy with the grumpy duke who owns it. Yeah, that's pr- pretty accurate, like, which is kind of more, yeah, kind of a bit more, like, 
succinct the mine, which was some bloke who looks like a Tory dad owns a castle, and then an American girl comes mm. to stay for a bit, and she falls in love. That's she about all to- I had. Uh, oh, my, I, I mean, there's a lot of, like, bits with this plot. I mean, that is not an inaccurate, like, synopsis. You know, if that if that was all you knew of the film, I, I feel they're putting a couple of things fairly mildly and some things really right. Like, the fact that she falls in love with a castle and deals with the guy is probably yeah. one of the most accurate sentences. Yeah, but the we'll... castle is wonderful and the guy is there. And the guy is there. Yeah. We'll, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that first. We've, we've, we've got, got, got other the responsibilities of the... Uh, of, we've still got the, the Christmas credits. Of um, uh, First and foremost. So, again, the, so the, a castle for Christmas has got, you know, like a, pr- a pretty interesting cast up the, sort of running through them. We've got Brooke Shields um, as Sophie Carrie Ewells. I think we decided that was how it said. Car- yeah, Carrie Yules, if that's not right, um, then sorry. But that's about all I can kind of distinct Like the that. jingle bells was, know. Yeah, like I was basically, because um, all throughout the film, I was kind of looking at Carrie Yules and I was like, because I was like, oh, I recognize you from somewhere. Like you're, you're in something. Mm-hmm. And I just like that distinct, almost kind of, he kind of weirdly has this serial killer-ish vibe around him. And then I realized it was like, oh, wait, hang on. You play Dr. Gordon in the Saw franchise. Yeah. Because, like, for, yeah, going into it, so, like, Brooke Shields, obviously, at the start, we played Sophie, who's, like, the main character. I've done very much, looking through these credits, very much what I think you and me will find interesting. Um, yeah. I think ours will be very different from the, the Jingle Bells ones. But, like, Brooke Shields, uh, she was, like, River Fields in Jane the Virgin, which I really like. She was in... Law and Order. Right, I, I okay. scroll down. She was in Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> really? As some, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was in Hannah Montana as Miley's mom. I don't remember who Miley was, but um, she was Miley's yeah. mom. My um, my yeah, my Hannah Montana lore is a little sketchy. You know? Yeah, she does. She appears. She's been in loads of stuff. Um, she but she often appears like either as characters, but she actually appears as Brooke Shields quite a lot. In things. Right. Okay. Right. Um, in, and the most notable one I had of them uh, was The Simpsons, where she, uh, as Brooke Shields. Oh, so you know, really? yeah. Um, <gasps> there was all. Right. Oh, there was some nuggets in the IMDb uh, of these of the <laughs> casting thing here. Like, but that was so. That's like Brooke Shields. She was, you know, she she was she was pretty good. I kept thinking she was someone else. Um, she sort of like looks like a, another actress, and I can't remember that actress's name, which was bugging me the whole film. But Carrie Yule's has a has a rich has a rich acting history as, as well quite a lot of things are either like very like as we saw him in this that kind of yeah. stick up his arse kind of character that or kind of yeah. dr lawrence gordon where like where they're dead evil so like yeah dr yep. lawrence gordon in saw they're charles dickens <laughs> and other voices in family guy oh really? like, oh i didn't know yeah. he had a family guy role yeah of like um I don't believe I'm caught up in this, but I know that like there's you know this is a spooky thing that you might have seen that uh, they're in Stranger Things. They're Mayor Larry Klein in Stranger Things, apparently. Oh, um, do you know? I mean, I don't suppose you know like kind of what seasons because I I have seen about season one and two of Stranger Things, but I have not seen uh, season three or four. So if he appears in the first two seasons, yes, I will have seen him in that. Otherwise, no. I think I think I feel like it's probably one of one of the more uh, like recent ones um, mm-hmm. for them, but they are like where oh hi they are most famous for the, obviously like Doctor Lawrence Gordon in Saw, 
Um, we've got known for Robin Hood Men in Tights as Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, Wesley in The oh, Princess wow. Bride. Like they they've got a, a varied very bit here. But my my fav one of my favorite ones apart from like Family Guy um, in it is we have The Adventures of Puss in Boots as Guy Fox. What? Okay. I I didn't see the Puss in Boots. Was it a film or a short? Like it must be a film. I, I, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it was a like a Puss in Boots short. But just like just the variance of the diversity to be in Saw and Puss in Boots as a pun I was character. To, I was about to say that. I mean, that's basically why I had such a weird dissident feeling when I saw him in this, even when I didn't realize that he was in Saw. Because like watching his kind of role in A Castle for Christmas. And then I realized, just like, oh, yeah, the last time I saw you on screen, you would have been trapped in a bathroom sawing your own foot off. Yeah. Like, that's why I was so like, oh, that is weird. They're in, yeah, so they seem, to, they seem to enjoy being in either, like, really... I don't know whether A Castle for Christmas was, like, an attempt to look less murdery or less sinister <laughs> you know like yeah. trying to get out of some sort of typecast but then they like they were if they're like wesley in a princess bride that's a pretty romantic role i didn't feel like they wanted to murder everyone yeah there sounds one. like there's been like plenty there since saw that like kind of establishes himself as like i'm not just you know i'm not just this this thing <laughs> well i'll ups I'll upset you with this because, yeah, they were Dr. Lawrence Gordon and Saw, and obviously there were later films, but that first Saw came out in 2004. Oh, wow. So that's 80, 18 years of, of history, so... Uh, you've reminded me of the uh, ever-marching ever arrow of time and how it only moves forwards. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, I know there's lots of things we want to talk about because we want to actually talk about the people in this film. So I will, I will rattle through a couple more, like, notable you know, cast picks or cast uh, yeah. things that were in. Um, quite a, like a, a fair whack of the cast, like the knitting circle, a lot of the knitting circle, which, you know, we, we will discuss. Um, and I've got like circle, a good, yeah. a, you know, I've got some, some good stuff to their, to their credits. Not a lot of like, like necessarily stuff I like bring out here, but like all should be gone checked out. I thought the acting was actually pretty good in this movie. Um, I, I wanted to get to Lee Ross, who plays Thomas, who I suppose is like the, is still one of the main cast, but he's like not the main two. Right, he's yeah the, the the kind of almost he's the guy that's always in a kilt and always in a different yeah. kilt, which is another oh. thing that we'll have to get into. But he is he's the only character that is always the only in a character, kilt. and he's always in a kilt, and he's like the castle kind of tour guide. Kind Bro, of yeah, role. he's he works at this castle, but he is um so he was I was like in episodes of uh, Doctor Who, uh, Midsummer Murders. He was in Watch Dogs, which I just, again, thought was quite a, you know, like a left field. Yeah. Like Watch Dogs Legion, the video game, is Nigel uh, Nigel Cass. Um, and the one that I thought was interesting, because I haven't seen any of, of this, but they're in An in the new, uh, like, Disney Plus series of Andor. With, uh, they play Cloris. I don't know who oh, that is. Again, okay. I haven't seen it, but I've heard many good things about It's about on the that. list, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. We then had uh, Andy Osho, who played Maisie who's been in Good Omens, The Sandman, and EastEnders, because I saw that and went, you got to give them an EastEnders credit when they're mm -hmm. when they're in it. Yeah, absolutely. We have Tina Gray, who played Helen. She was kind of like the head of the knitting circle, and that's why this particular credit was fantastic for me, because Helen as a character is this sort of like very old Scottish lady. She heads up the knitting circle, and she also has a credit in Watch Dogs Legion, which I just thought was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> this, this old Scottish granny to be in this like uh, video game about like hacking and stuff, which is fun. 
So and then done, the last... Everyone's done quite a... Everyone's oh, yeah. just said, done a fair bit with their mm -hmm. with their careers in this. Quite varied, quite a mixed pot. Quite varied. The uh, personal favourite for me and the, the last one for one of the uh, sort of characters is uh, Vanessa Grass. Um, who's in this is another one of the uh, the knitting circle was in something called Robo Shark and I felt like that that couldn't uh, not be mentioned <laughs> during our Christmas credits. Well, uh, now <laughs> I want to watch that. Now, of right, course, so I'm not going to not watch Robo Shark. Right. So yeah, lots of variants of uh, mm. in the cast. They've, they've and of know, course we have Drew Barrymore as Drew Barrymore. I've got yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't mention Drew Barrymore in the thing, but that you know I suppose that. Because, yeah, that's, like, a lot of the Christmas credits. There's a lot of, like, cast in this, but it does sort of revolve around... There, there's a village. There, there, there's, there's a small Scottish town of cast. Uh -huh. um, but we really Speaking kind of, of focus. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, I guess without getting to, like... Because I've got thoughts on, like, the town. And we were basically trying to identify where exactly we are. Um, I knew we would that... get onto this immediately. I knew this would be the first thing that we spoke about in this film. But I guess we should probably start with the setting of the scene where Sophie, the author, is very famous for her series on a character called Emma Gale. So basically trying to piece together exactly what's... Apparently, like, she's, like, very good and, like, she's got a huge fandom. She's, like, world famous. Um, but she's written an ending to one of her books that people really hate. And it all revolves around this character getting killed off called winston oh winston must <laughs> was was so beloved as a character By everyone yeah that they're so beloved that the you know the titular to escape a scandal as the synopsis put it that yeah, this is the scandal that she ends her book series by killing <laughs> presumably the romantic lead in this series of books that she's been right that's what people are angry about yeah like <laughs> they showed that i mean you spoke about the drew barrymore show which is like where the the film kind of begins outside of like just for me the little bit of like how this like as a christmas film this starts one thing that i always think makes it a good film but then always makes it feel quite 90s and nostalgia despite it being like 2000 2021 yeah is the you know the christmas music over footage of a city while the credits come up at the start that for yeah. me is just like that i don't know whether that's a 90s thing that christmas movies just went now nah, we're keeping that or yeah, whether that's just, a that's, christmas movie thing but that's just a default thing that we put in now that's yeah. just a thing that we include yeah but we start yeah do you, you want to take the start because we started the drew barrymore show yeah and she's well here's the thing on um, like upon my like second reviewing of the film because there was two believe it or not i watched it twice. oh i see um and and um Upon, like, kind of reviewing, like, the Drew Barrymore show when um, Sophie goes on, um, and she's trying to, like, kind of smooth over a lot of the cracks about how this kind of, like, character got killed off. But Drew goes hard because she then starts talking about just, like, well, maybe maybe um, you killed Winston off because your own life is shit. And yeah. I'm like, wow, hang on. <laughs> like It's so quick. She goes on the show, and it, it really looks like she's going on to, like, talk about the book and maybe you know address some concerns because they show on the drew barrymore show they showed footage of people rioting like yeah. they aren't just upset this isn't like people are angry on the internet this is like they showed people throwing stuff in the street outside the thing like i was like sh like shocked by one how angry <laughs> people apparently were yeah and two, no, that, like 
I like how quickly they went from her coming in to be like, okay, well, yeah, like I know not everyone's super happy with the ending, and she's just like, it's your fault. It's <laughs> your fault. Your own personal uh, life is going so terribly that you killed Winston. And my only yeah. kind of like logical conclusion to all of this is this: these people, this film is set in a universe where people cannot distinguish reality from fiction. And they're oh. like, whoa, Winston died. Oh no. They're all so sad about Winston dying. I'm like, Winston must have been like one, one hell of a character. But then he's not because it's like, because people love him in America. But the first thing that happened, like the first person she speaks to in Scotland goes, ah, I'd have killed him sooner. Like immediately, <laughs> yeah, immediately up for killing Winston. There. Yeah, just like, I hated him. And it's like, you know what? Okay, fair. This is different. This is nice. This is what I need um, right now. Like, I get for, you know, like plot reasons. They, you know, she needed a reason to not, to not be in America. She needed a reason to go (laughs) to this castle that her dad used to tell her stories about when he worked there as a boy. But that she's like never gone to, her dad never took her to. Or, or, or any of these things but like that was because she has a breakdown on the drew barrymore show it's not that just she is attacked like she has a full-on mental breakdown um that kind of is never really then addressed later on apart from the one very comical scene in where um miles Carriel's character basically is like viewing said footage on his computer oh. and then he's like oh Blimey, and then he gets up, locks his door, and then it cuts to something else completely arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> and that's oh, about lo- all they talk about regarding that that's never mentioned again. Yeah, I, and because for me, you watch, like, because you're like, because be, I imagine being on the Drew Barrymo sh- show, you know, pretty big deal. You're there to talk about a book. You were already getting all this, like, mad publicity for your controversial decision to end your book the way you wanted to. There's a lot of entitlement to people's, like, artwork in this film which know, bugs right? me on a an artist level like, um but that's yeah, a, a i didn't like debate. the way that you did this and it's like but i'm the author it's my intellectual property i'll do what I want. Uh, yeah no. and as she and as she put in her breakdown she could have murdered him so much worse which is yeah. like that's her like she's like i could have done you're all mad at me for whatever nice ed, like whatever ending uh he had she's like i could have like straight up murdered him I want to see so the she, director's cut of Emma Gale. I want to see the, yeah. the extended edition where, like, she does this drawn-out, long, horrible death scene at the end. The remastered version. <laughs> yeah. The, but I don't, uh, well, I don't suppose we'll be seeing that. We don't know, because, well, because the Emma, the Emma Gale series, you know, at that point in the film, you know, the Emma Gale series isn't dead. But I remember watching that and going, if, if your career as a writer is not severely damaged by that, you're like, I was going to say she must have one hell of an agent, which she does and, and doesn't because her yeah. agent is straight up. A lot of people are really mean. A or lot like, of people just are very really direct, mean. very direct, actually, which which feels quite. Yeah, like yeah. her agent seems to be one of her good friends, but also just like kind of, um, I won't say they're not exploitative. That's the wrong word. But basically she she will, she does kind of like go later on in the film and be like when she finds out that like she and uh, Miles are kind of getting together. She's like, oh, yeah, I can market this so hard. Yeah. like she's can- so, she, she is dream agent, I think. It was like a dream agent. And that not if you want someone to like hold your hand. Right. Not someone that's going to tell you it's going to be OK. That They yeah. seem like a, a real good harsh truths agent. 
Yeah, to be fair, actually, that's not exploitative at all. In fact, that's doing your job really well. So actually, I retract I get what that you list. mean, though, because there is plenty of bits where the agent says, uh, you know, says a thing, and you're like, you're absolutely right. Because she just runs away to Scotland after all of this. She's just like, mm. nah, I'm going to this castle that my dad worked at. But her her agent does express a lot of cons- concern for her career, which, given that she just, like, you know, like, it was obviously clips. The Drew Barrymore's like, that's <laughs> out there, you know, like, you probably yeah. want to smooth over some PR, right? Yeah, so, like, just be, it's just like, don't do anything rash now. You just had a big mental breakdown on TV. But no, apparently that is uh, cue to up to Scotland and go and try and buy a castle. Off to Dun Dun Bar. Dun Dun Bar. Dun yeah, Dun like, Bar. I'm so glad you did that. I literally, it was in my notes to put that it's in It's down somewhere. here somewhere, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, it's here. Um, but... Yeah, like, um, so that's the kind of where we're at. She ups and she moves um, or goes initially for a, like, visit to Scotland because she's got kind of roots. And it's either, like, is it her dad or is it her granddad that worked there? Her family were the groundskeepers or something to that effect. Yeah, like, I, I have it that it, was her, that it was her dad that I think worked there when he was a boy. So I think her granddad was supposed to have worked there as well. Yeah. It was all, it's kind okay. of like the... I get, it's another thing, like, and again, I, I feel like the, the, the Jingle Bells, I believe, describe it as don't think about it too hard in terms of the plot reason, you know, for her having to go to Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's like, you know, they, they need a reason for her to go to Scotland I, so that she can fall in love with this castle. Yeah. But there's so, so, mm-hmm. but we, not that we're going to have, like, not that we're going to think about it too hard, but I feel like you and me had a lot of similar points about this. And I feel like it's why we were asked to do a castle for Christmas. Because we're both kind of like more northern Scotland than either of the Jingle Bells, you know, for example. Like, I'm from just outside of the Highlands. Yeah. And like, you're Aberdeenshire, right? Yeah. And although, like, full disclaimer, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> like, I've I oh, no. a very English family. But, like, yeah, I'm, I was born up north. So, like, it's more kind of familiar to our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um but on and on that note, when she gets into Edinburgh Airport, like she is met by um a taxi driver. Um this is gonna be the other talking point, isn't it? Um who plays him again? Um you know what? I don't actually know. I can't actually see it on IMDB. But basically, yeah, she's met by this some um, taxi driver, this very chukter taxi driver. Um mm-hmm. like and yeah, and this is kind of where like it's the atypical kind of like here's here's in my in my shoes or in her shoes even, if I was an American visiting Scotland and uh, my number one nightmare would actually be to have to converse with a tutor. Like it would be a hundred percent the fact that like this this dialect that even I don't really understand most of the time. I'm just like, oh, wow. I do not know what you're saying. <laughs> like, but this is an American. Oh, this is an American. Cause, yeah, because that's the thing is it shows her flying in. They show Edinburgh Airport. They very clearly show the flight Edinburgh as a setting. But the ta- from the most, like, one of the hardest accents ever. And then they drive to what isn't Edinburgh. This this taxi driver yeah. takes <laughs> to what is is later described is it says Aberdeenshire is the rough area they use right so it is ah uh, yeah which the silver so you, the you, silver city so you you have to you know visit home from time to time roughly how long's that drive for mm. you 
Uh, I mean, like, that'll be anywhere from between two and a half to three hours. Like, uh, that's, yeah, roundabout, on average, that's about how long it takes to drive from Edinburgh to Aberdeen. Yeah. So what a, what a taxi driver. That or, because she showed not really being fussed about money quite a lot in this film as well. So maybe she just wasn't fussed. Oh, she's a way, uh, she's a way to buy a castle. Like, she's not worried about a taxi fare from Edinburgh to Aberdeen. <laughs> No, I mean they must they must have gotten really close in that taxi with that that amount of time. Like that's such a like that was for me. My I was like, why just nightmare. why show it of Edinburgh? Uh, like why show it as Edinburgh Airport? Just show an airport, right? You know, or set or something airport, else yeah. that describes it as as Scotland. Aberdeen's got an airport. But you know, like, I was about there's... to say, just just fly to Aberdeen. Get a connecting flight to Aberdeen or something. Yeah. I don't know. And I know it sounds like we're being very like picky on the setting. Of the thing but it's because it's like it's you're like why show that and then because the first thing when we see it is it's later in the film that they say it's an aberdeen shirt they could have just kept it mm. super vague right but it's yeah, because they chose 100%. to make it to lo- to locate it that then made it they weird chose a point of pointing out those landmarks and those site those signs and uh all of that made a very clear point and on on the note of the taxi driver once again probably Best, best taxi service I've heard of because he was 100% willing to take her back fr- from the castle to Edinburgh Airport on Christmas Eve. Oh, like, yeah. Of all like, places. Later, later on in the film. When the when the unnecessary conflict that is needed before the end of the film so you can have the big romantic moment at the end. During the unnecessary conflict, yeah, he's like, I'll drive you back. That's like a six hour long trip for him longer if it's the weather's bad and he was willing to just do that for her just like then it was like wow he would have been charging like heaps heaps of money oh that taxi driver is amazing and not only just like in their taxi rang thing that in a, there's a point in the film where the taxi guy offers to announce her at a party and does <laughs> um yeah. you know like he's just always just kind of being a good happy dude. I'm like, I mean, maybe he is because like probably making an all right whack of cash off of her. Because again, yeah, she seems very frivolous with money. The life, yeah, of a, oh, he's probably minted. Like the she's coming in with a lot of money. So yeah, but she get okay. So despite our issues with where Dun Dun Bar is, you know, yeah. she gets to Dun Dun Bar and that's like it's a castle, but it's got like an adjoining like hamlet town, as it were, mm. like just like. It's not super big, but it's got a lot, like a lot of grounds. And she's, and so she gets to this castle, and this is where we meet uh, Miles, who is yes, we do. We meet Miles, the uh, Duke, the uh, Duke. Duke, third Duke of Dunbar, is it? Third Duke of Dunbar, I believe. And he, I, I won't lie, I think it was very well acted. I, I, I did not care for Miles. I thought Miles kind of <laughs> no. sucked most of the My- way through. <laughs> Miles does suck. Miles does suck. Like he's he's an arsehole. He's a rich, like I, I assume, kind of like yeah, the rich like landowner who's like a bit of a. To be fair, I mean, like apparently, like he pays for everyone's mortgage or rent or whatever, and he's trying to keep people housed and stuff. But uh, Miles is an arsehole. Like he is an uh, arsehole. Like oh yeah, he has you know he has this endearing reason that because because the castle grounds are 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 very in debt. And there's pressure to sell off land so that it can become golf courses, of course. Because what else would you do with Scottish lands? You would turn it into golf courses. Yeah, 
What else do you do with uh, Aberdeenshire land? Yeah, or wherever they are. I'm wondering what they're going to do about that lock that is sometimes there and then sometimes <laughs> not. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the, the phase-shifting lock that sometimes appears in shots and sometimes if they doesn't. Did, yeah. yeah, if they had made it golf, like, golf carts, that would have been the world's like, most difficult water hazard. You have to play golf at very specific times, whether it's there oh. or not. <laughs> okay, so he's got a reason that he's like, so stressed about the castle grounds and why like sales and tours and money is very important to him, which I suppose makes it more annoying when this very rich American who doesn't seem to care that money is, you know, is, is nothing to. So, I mean, I suppose that is a good two opposing points of conflict. Um, yeah. Or two opposing points of view. Yeah, so, like, we've got Miles who's, like, upset because, I mean, like, apparently something happened. I don't know. I can't remember. But basically, he lost a lot of his money. He was left with a kind of meaningless title. And now he's under pressure from, like, the bank or whatever to sell up. And he's got this opportunity in Sophie to sell up and uh, um, pass the castle on to a good home. Um, and he doesn't want to. Like, he's he's pretty resistant. And so they get yeah. themselves into this situation where um, he basically relents and he agrees to um, hand or sell the castle to her. A couple of things on that. Apparently, these sort of deals um, can be done in a pub with a single sheet of paper um, oh, oh. Without, mm -hmm. looking, <laughs> without looking at the contract just a rough scroll there we go doesn't need to be any sort of like legal representation present for any of that for a property of this size or heritage or anything um uh -huh. and yeah. um the castle i'm sure this is probably something you picked up on as well is that a castle of that size only ha he has or needs one key yeah yeah the the, the <laughs> again i know like don't think about it too hard i think moment but it's the cuz i also had the because, yeah, he's trying to sell it to it. Yeah, it was when you were talking about, like, the, the one sheet of paper. I literally have, there's a quote here where she's like, I know how to read a contract. But she signs that contract without reading it. Again, wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. picky about it if they hadn't shown us her not reading the contract and signing it in the pub. Um, Yeah, like, just like the exact thing she said she could do. Yeah, the legality of, yeah, of just the turnover... Because that's how, because they end up living together in the castle, right? So she's buying yeah. the castle. She's buying the castle, as I understand it at that point, she is buying a castle to write in the library for what, or the library for one book. That's the plan. Hmm. I get, she, I, yeah, that's like, over, very overkill. Like Winston made, made her a lot of money um, in that way. Yeah. yeah. So buying that is when, because they end up living together and it's like, uh, if you back out before Christmas, you still have to pay me but I get to still live here. And his plan is to annoy her into just leaving so he, she still has to pay, but he gets to keep his castle, which is, um, I'm not gonna, you know, that is the scheme, I feel we would it? be remiss if we didn't point out that the Scotsman's plan is to be cheap, which is, hmm. That is hugely bit. immoral. Yeah, that's hugely like a dick move. Like, okay, sure. I mean, like, Sophie, maybe buying an entire castle to write your book is overkill. And to be fair, apparently, well, she's got family heritage there. So I guess there's... Oh, a yeah, link. yeah. But also, yeah, just like... So she's more arguably in the right here. The castle was up for sale. 
or like is meant to be, so she has the money to pay for it, but he's like, oh yeah, I'll make her pay an outrageous deposit, basically bully her out by Christmas, and then I get my castle back. Yeah, it's not a great, so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of, of Miles. Again, I, like acted very well. I, I, like, I mean, his accent for me, I'm not entirely sure where he's supposed to be from, but he does mention that he's been to Oxford and Cambridge. So... Oh, I made a very good point of telling you about both, yeah. Yeah, and especially that the, it's English dukes that are gentlemen. Yeah, so. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, he's got this kind of very, he's got the grumpy kind of like isolationist loner, landowner thing going on. Um, so yeah, like, and they kind of live together for a bit and he's doing like, he's like, here, you stay in the miserable room and like with the leaks and like all the drafts mm-hmm. and um, I'm just gonna like casually take baths without locking the door and stuff, and it's like yeah, because it was like I said, said earlier, he sh- he he is he leaves doors very unlocked, um for for her moving out, but where he see or for to try and get her to move out, but he sees that clip on the Drew Barrymore show, and the I was going no, I'm locking my door now. <laughs> I was like okay, yeah, but nope. I mean the the main reason they get together in the house is like you know obviously there's there's they spend a lot of time together but the main reason and like you mentioned like leaving doors unlocked while he's in the bath is my personal mvp of the whole film hamish the dog hamish the dog hamish the dog is the reason these two end up together he hamish is intelligent beyond and credits for the you know barley uh plays hamish the dog i had to, to point that that out that they had a yeah that they had that name but yeah, so they like steal slippers to like bring Sophie into the room where he's naked having a bath. Yeah. But um, Barley's just constantly running around, leading them to places. Barley's switched up. Like Barley, Hamish, Hamish the dog, also Hamish the dog, because there had to be. I've got, I, know, I know as soon as that, I mean, we were watching this together and when it was like Hamish the dog, I saw both you and me just go, <sighs> just taking the note that it was Hamish the dog. <laughs> Yeah, just like, uh, of course it is. But like, I, I mean, yeah, it's a good point because initially, I mean, that is essentially how like they did they did the whole like falling into each other's arms thing at the beginning. And it's like, oh, oh, like, oh, you caught me. But that was Hamish. That was Hamish like running up behind Sophie and like jumping mm-hmm. up at her and pushing her into Miles' arms. So he's the, he's the matchmaker. He's the mastermind of this entire operation. Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, for me, like, obviously this is like a Christmas romance film. We're supposed to care very heavily about Sophie and Miles and their journey. And like, they do have some sweet, some sweet moments, you know, like they have an argument later on and there's like an engraving that her dad had done on a door um, way oh, back yeah. when. <laughs> the engraving, yep. That he didn't get the a chance do. to finish before he was kicked out. And so he finishes that for, her. you know, he has some very sweet moments and they have some really nice bits. For me, it's like the, I, I know, and I don't know like how you feel, but it's like the, the knitting circle and the support cast are are really good. Or they're like, like I'm Wonderful. more interested yeah, they're in really like good. Thomas and the, and the other romances and the other relationships more than these two. Yeah, there's some very interesting support characters. Um, Angus, of course, uh, the, the mm. kind of like mute guy, he's adorable. Um, the just lovely bearded jumper wearing man. Um, uh-huh. I think he had a partner at some point, like I think, 
Um, oh, well, yeah, because we have... he's part of the knitting circle that's, that, that all work, that like, yeah. lives in the pub and, like, knits a bunch of... <laughs> yeah. I know you, you immediately pointed out, like, in the first scene, before we even met the knitting circle, you were, like, looking at bits of the town and, like, do the lampposts have, like, sweaters on them? Or was that the... What was it you yeah. noticed? Was that, yeah, that was is that... the other thing. The bollards had scarves and hats. And apparently scarves that and is explained later on in the film because that's the thing I saw initially and it was like, that's weird. Okay, that's strange. This better be addressed. And they do, apparently, it's um, graffiti knitting or knitting graffiti. Yeah, where they just go around knitting, like, scarves and hats for, like, objects around the town and decorating. And it's like, okay, you did explain that, and that's kind of cute. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's the, that's cool. The knitting circle is so cute. Yeah, you you mentioned Angus, who, who yeah, is, is mute. Uh, bar one one line and some singing, uh, like a little bit of singing later on. But he is, yeah, he is mute because his husband passed away and he's been mute ever since. So he's it, the only yeah. guy. He's the only like uh, like male presenting or, or, or guy in the in the knitting circle. But That's his, it. Like, he, his story is, is is just so sad. It's just like oh, he's so yeah. sweet. And then I literally had the one line they used for him. God, they, they saved that for an absolute banger. They just, they, mm-hmm. I had my note here where they made Angus's one line fucking count. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely slaps, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a note of what it actually is, but like it did, it did work really well. It was, it's, it was a lovely moment. I, I'll get it sort of like, I might get not get it exactly right, um, but it's like later towards the, again, towards the end where we've had the unnecessary conflict. The unnecessary conflict is essentially she goes, hey, I'm going to stay in the castle. Would you like to stay too? And he's all like, oh, you'll give me a room in my own castle, will you? Oh, oh, oh my pride's so hurt. I'm going to have a massive strop. Toxic um, masculinity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, not here for it. His, his pride is hurt, but he handled it very poorly. But yeah, she's yeah, like, very. but it's Angus is like, there's, it's like he's, he doesn't say anything, but he's like, there's never a wrong reason to love someone or it's never, you know, like... That's it, like, yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, you should never, like, you should never regret loving anyone, no matter, like, kind of no matter what. And it's the one line, apart from, like, he says, like, ho, 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 in a beautiful little caroling moment later on, That's which it, is yeah. also super cute. Yep, it was a really lovely line. It was really... They, um, Stephen Oswald played Angus and he did really well. I mean... To be to be fair, he didn't have any lines apart from that one, so all he had to do was kind of like stand there. Oh, but he's even like that's, and I always really like like from sort of the bit of like to the acting background. When a character's mute, I always I always like watch them a little bit harder, or like when a character's got like some sort of restriction, um, I almost watch them a bit harder because again, it's like they're never going to be the focus because other people are speaking. But I was like watching them to see like how they react to stuff. And they're always known like Angus for fair way. Like when there's other things, he's very like, like when he gets presents, he's very like super excited, very physically. And I was like, so. You do have a point. Yes. As an actor, actually being able to convey like non-verbally actually must be harder in its own way than actually having lines. So that is an extremely fair point on that. We have um, the knitting circle kind of de facto leader um is it helen is it or i think yeah i think you could always call her, like the matriarch of that kind of group she's like the, yeah. the the older lady i think her her husband passed away i think or does she or yes. her husband still... there's another lot of um the other thing about a lot of christmas films that i've picked up on and you will have too 
from living with a jingle bell of like mm. there's a lot of either dead partners or a lot of dead like parents oh crit like there's a lot of tra- like yeah there's a lot of trauma and a lot of loss around mm-hmm. uh people and i'm like i'm not you know it, it's obviously very real and it's very like difficult like difficult hurt there was a lot of people with you know even the knitting circle everyone had like you know little bits that were a bit more difficult and you know everyone had their struggles which is why you know later on when they all come together it's really nice but she yeah so helen like the matriarch because because it's it's again the other bit that i had in my notes she's like the old so she's been in that town for for absolutely ages to the point where when because she because sophie's not using her father's name she's using using a different name but like so when she tells people her surname of like is it mcginty yeah, that's it. Um, it's her yeah. like her maiden name or her 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 father's name. She was like, "I knew your dad," and I was just like, "Of course she did. Of course, of course she it. knew your dad." <laughs> like, oh, you're from Scotland. Do you know John? Or like, you know, like just like yeah, of course you knew. Of course, everyone knows everyone. Of course, you knew your dad. Yeah, of course, you went to school with him. What was the? It's like, oh, we didn't know him as whatever we called him muck motormouth and it's just like oh uh, it does i mean it does okay. well to like solidify this this community it does yeah it you is know. very it's very like um very atypically kind of on the nose scottish mm-hmm. like kind of let's very let's drive this home very hard it has yeah it has a lot of scottishness in it uh to the point where you, there where uh, where they subtitle the Scottish guy, um, the st- I believe it's at the start where they actually subtitle the the taxi guy. I wanted to ask you actually because um, stuff with you is that obviously there was a lot of well as as again as as things quoted it Scottish music uh, across <laughs> it. And as a, as a musician, I was curious on your thoughts on like the music choices because Old Lang's Eye comes in not even at the finale. Um, no, finale, it's not. It's like know. halfway through while they're having a week, Haley. Like, yeah. Uh, so basically, the music choice, one, the music choice, like for like the actual kind of like soundtrack and stuff, was like distinctly fine. But like a lot of the kind of like captioning of it was questionable because they had like slow orchestral kind of music that was labeled as like traditional Scottish music. And it's like, that's not traditional Scottish music. This is an orchestra. Yeah. Like, this is weird. But um, on a different note, actually, I'd, I'd probably have to look a little bit closer, but I'm almost certain that, like, the footage of the bands or the Kaylee bands and stuff, either the, like, kind of, like, knees up in the pub they're having in the middle of the mm-hmm. film or the party at the very end, I'm almost certain that that is actually playing. Like, I'm almost oh, certain... Like, it's. That they are actually like playing like that music. They probably like are, they would have been like trained musicians. They would have been like actual musicians. They got in to do a bit of filming. So it's not like they've given an actor like a guitar and he's kind of just trying to have to mime what he thinks. Yeah, it, looks like. it does look like they kind of know what it's meant to look like compared to what it sounds like. So mm-hmm. either that's like actual playing or they've recorded that and they're doing it really, or miming it really, really well. But fair play for that. And kind of those are my two prevalent thoughts on the music. On the music, well, because I had, because there's I, the two bits I have for music is like, again, and I love that my autocorrects always change it. So I've got funking old Lang Syne, because again, it feels like they were like, <laughs> 
It feels like they were obliged to put in old Lang Syne. At the first Kaylee, Kaylee one of two, I believe. Yeah. So we've got two Kayleys, and the first one has old Lang Syne. Because that pub yeah. was just like, I'd love to see that in, you know, in March. You know? <laughs> and then, because the part at the end has, I, I was like, for a 2021 uh, film, I was surprised by the music choice of Robbie Williams. She's the one montage. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many montages in this film. That's a, a bit another point of it. And so many montages, but the Robbie Williams montage. There was a there was a montage near the end of the montage nearer the yeah. like middle of like they had this two montages and the 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 last one had like kind of almost like some there were some new shots, but then it kind of cut back to like the montage that had happened before, and it was like. That is a montage within it. This is some Inception level shit montage. Oh, there's so there's so many montages, and they all and, and the point of a montage, if I can just have this this small bit of the film rant, the point of a montage is to like condense a lot of time or a lot of like information that thing into a very short space of time to you know for it to be interesting. There's so many montages that take up like there is a montage that is of Christmas Eve morning. <laughs> but then they do a time skip of three months where they're just like, oh, it's nearly Christmas. And it was like, what? Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, it's kind of like, it's like, that's not a montage. It's like strange rules. It, yeah. They like, what? You don't need, why have both? Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting choices in that. Um, I feel like, you know, we were worried that we wouldn't be able to fill time talking about this. But I think we've, we've you know... I think we have, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, how how are we do- on that note? How are we doing for time? Do we have more? Can we? Well, I mean, I think I think we've, you know, like we, I mean, will this is a special episode? We can, you know, it'll, it'll be <laughs> as long as it is. If you're if you're still with us, thank you for for staying thank with you. us. But yeah, thanks for endearing to this kind of rambling but, nonsense yeah. about this film. But I I don't think we need to film out. I like finish now. But I get. Were there any other like I suppose like highlights or bits you definitely wanna to mention so before we I mean, start like. There's their almost first kiss after the oh. Kaylee in the pub. Mm-hmm. That's like so very awkward and they're very near each other. That she stands so close to her. That, va- that basically then eventually just turns into a kind of awkward hug. And then after a creepy ear sniff. That's like, she's kind of like hugs and then she's like, like into his ear, like really close. And it's like, there's oh, no that's... way he didn't hear her smell him. Yeah, it's just there's no way, no way whatsoever. It's yeah. I I also noticed how close he stood. Uh, I was like, had the yeah, just like how because they're just like having a conversation, and he is inches from her face. Where I was like, you you better like kiss her or mug her. You're standing that close because <laughs> then it happens again later on before their before their actual first kiss, yeah. where again Hamish wingmans them by stealing shoes. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, their first kiss was, like, what was it? Like, they'd had some minor tiff or something. And then his line was, like, like I'm mad at myself. And then kisses, like, or something. Uh, something I rem- like that. I, I remember thinking, even from the romance bit, I'm like, oh, I wish they'd just kissed at that first kiss. And yeah, not like... The, the, because they go from that kiss, from their, from their first kiss, to then immediately banging. And I'm not, like, I'm not against them doing the banging, but it seems like they could, probably could have had, like, first kiss before and then been like oh no this was a mistake we can't because they are you know always being like huh 
no, we're, there's nothing between us. They're all denying it too much. They're denying it a lot throughout the film. Just yeah. like, we're definitely not attracted to each other. No, mm-hmm. we. I can't stand you. Ha ha, I agree. But what if, you know? Like, yeah. And then they um, go from that kiss to, to, to smushing booties. Yeah, quick. first Christmas bang. Yeah, like, yeah. I've got, in my notes, first Christmas bang. And then after, immediately, a Christmas Eve post-bang montage. Yeah, there was another montage there. I, yeah. He's so, he's so much nicer in that for that scene before the montage. <laughs> he's so much nicer that morning. He's, yeah, I he's so why. pleasant. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? It's like hmm, that a good a good bang will probably do that, and then immediately another argument about something. Uh, yeah, or and then something that's yeah, that. and then that's where we get the unnecessary conflict because of course they got so close, but no, it all explodes. It all explodes because he can't just swallow his pride just for like a second and have a nice moment like just he incapable of doing that he does eventually come round to himself i had what did i because i had a thing because he has he says like the nice thing to her to try and get her to come to the party where he admits a load of fault but never actually apologizes which i thought was interesting he was like it's my bad and that thing i'm like that's "That's it yeah good but he never actually says i'm i don't think he ever said i'm sorry which I was like, that's an interesting way of doing that. Just be like, I no, understand this is my problem. But then, <laughs> yeah. He did the very atypical thing, like, um, yeah, of basically, like, dancing around actually saying sorry. But, like, yeah, like, it was like, well, yes, it was technically my fault that this happened. And it was very, like, lawyerish about it without actually mm. admitting fault. Um so yeah, he did that kind of apology that was kind of shit, and then they kind of they make up, and it's like, well, because she almost goes home. She almost she? goes home. The taxi driver's car breaks down, so she can't get home on that day. So, but it's the mm. night of the big party at the castle that they used to do every year, that then stops, but that Sophie has helped organize all of that, and she's like, well, I'm not gonna go. And he eventually convinces her to, to come by mm. admitting fault. I won't say apologize. Like, because admittedly, because he does he not like yeah. deck her with a snowball? First of all, she's like, she goes to the window, <laughs> opens it, and he just yeah. belts her right in the face with a snowball. Not a strong start to the to the apology. Um, no. I want, like the the classic thing of wanting to get like her attention by like throwing something at the window and then the window opens at just the wrong moment and mm. she gets a face full of snow. Basically, Basically, that's the, yeah, what goes on. And then she kind of comes out and throws another snowball at him, and it looks like it's kind of like, oh, ha-ha, but no, really, you fucked up. Um, So then the quote-unquote apology happens. They go to the party, and everyone has a really nice time. He flies her daughter in um, Oh, we didn't even mention her daughter. Yeah, she... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention her daughter. Yeah, she does have didn't a daughter. Mention yeah. Sophie has this a daughter who appears in various calls. <laughs> By the way, everyone. The yeah. Forgot yeah, about that. like she's <laughs> and she does she does get introduced fairly early on in the film, so apologies about that. She does have a daughter and she gets flown out to Scotland uh to surprise her mum on uh, Christmas Eve on Christmas. or whatever. She um, originally wasn't gonna be able yeah. to be there because it was gonna be because her ex because Sophie's ex-husband the, the the daughter's uh, father was getting married, so she was gonna have to go to that. So there's a there's there's a lot of plot we haven't really covered. Chat here again. There is the Jingle yeah. Bells episode if you want to try that or watch the film. I, I you know as much as I, I would still recommend this as a 
a film to watch. Cer- I, certainly I, a film a, a film for Scottish people to want to watch to be able to like have a bit of a oh for Christ's sake at some of the stuff. But then I also think uh I don't think there's anything directly offensive about the Scottishness of it. It is very Scottish. You know, I don't know how yeah. many people still walk their Highland cows through the center of a town. But then I don't know what a small hamlet next to a castle that has been owned for hundreds of years is like. Maybe that's what it's like. Um, On that works. note, the, the the final thing, actually, it's a very minor and consequential thing I've just remembered. But, like, because of the fact that it's, like, got a Scottish cast and because of, and I'm going somewhere with this, Ewan McGregor is Scottish. Oh, um, I know where you're going. Yeah, she, <laughs> like, when Sophie is coming into shot, one of them basically says, hello there. And it's like identical to the Obi Wan Kenobi "Hello there," Perfect. and it just delighted me to no end. It was just mm-hmm. like the exact same like infliction tone, everything like that. So if you um, want any reason to watch that film, that would be it. I would be money's on that that was intentional as well. Like I, you oh, know, like almost that's, certainly that's got to be like a little. That's well, because I wanted to because that like brings us you know there's the happy ever after but I wanted to take it to the last bit that I have because it's like because her writing career is still because she's been trying to write this book and I did want to like round up that her her plan at the end and like sort of the stories that she's been being told through miles about like these old Scottish tales and these other castles and stuff she starts writing basically Outlander without the time travel I'm not sure I haven't yeah. read what <laughs> the book she writes but it's like the heart of a warrior I think is what the book is called that she ends up writing. And that's the new thing. And so like she stays, they live together in this castle and she writes from there. But like, that's her new writing plan is basically. She basically ditches Emma Gale and like, she's writing this new thing that is outlander. Um, And yeah, like that's, that's where they leave off. Like she stays with miles. uh, They're in love in the castle She's technically now, like, sort of, what do you call it? Not aristocratic, but, like, because she's, like, married. Part of that she's, she's married into nobility. Yeah, uh, that's it, nobility. Um, And, yeah, and there we go. That's the that's basically the thrust of the film. We also did, like, this is slightly unrelated, but basically we watched, like, immediately after another Christmas film, um, mm. where this film appeared on a TV in that film. Uh, we won't talk about that too much now because that is going to be a talking point for an actual Jingle Bells episode. Yeah, the 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 Jingle Bells obviously cover for those that are listening to us first. Uh, this is a like an MPCA film, so for those that uh, that are interested in the the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe, uh, a Castle for Christmas <laughs> the does have universe, yeah. uh, a couple of characters show up from one of the other films. Uh, does tying it in. I know the Jingle Bells talk about that one in their Castle for Christmas episode. But yes, we watched this just before another film that the Jingle Bells will have reviewed, I believe, by the time this one comes out. But yeah, we'll we'll mm-hmm. keep that. So check out the uh, the Jingle Bells most recent episodes if you're looking for for stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it does uh it does tie in in a way that I'm sure they will go into far more detail about. Uh, <laughs> This they will. This they will. So yeah, just don't want to take away any talking points from no, them. absolutely not. C- considering this is their thing, yeah. So well, yeah. So I mean, there's one another thing I believe the Jingle Bells do. I know they, they sort of have their Christmas criteria, which you know again they'll talk about in theirs. We we kind of I suppose had our Scottish criteria more than Christmas criteria, I guess. Couple of things. Couple of things. Yeah. But we we still I suppose we still need to give it 
a rating, right, as a Christmas film. Now, the, the, the Jingle Bells, obviously, it's, you know, between zero and five Vanessa Hudgens. So there's no <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens in this. So for, for me, it can't be, it can't be a full one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go right down the middle, potentially a boring show. I'm going to give it three out of five Vanessa Hudgens. I don't think it's particularly, I don't think it's a bad Christmas film. I think it's very, you know, very nice in a lot of ways. But I'm like, again, that, like I said, I'm more interested in kind of like the, the supporting and the surrounding cast necessarily than the main two. But yeah, yeah. I, I would say worth a watch. Three out of five V, v Hudgens. You're not going to hear any argument from me because that's what I was basically going to suggest. Like on the scale of Christmas films, like it's it's worth a watch. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's not terrible. And I, that on its own sounds bad, but like it is like not the most mind-blowingly best thing I've seen. It's not like, oh, that was really good. It was like, I don't regret watching that. And yeah. you know what? I enjoyed most of it. Hmm. I mean, I don't know about you. Obviously, like romantic comedies aren't my usual, uh, you know, genre of choice. Um, uh, no, on like a personal bit. But even for someone that kind of like, because this is like for me, and this sounds very mean. You know, this film doesn't really do a tremendous amount new. But then, what Christmas film? Really, you don't want to. There's there's formulas for a reason, right? So it doesn't necessarily do anything genre defying, but it's wholesome. It's uh, you know, it's very cute in a lot of ways. It's you know, it, it doesn't sound nearly as bad as some of the other Christmas films that the Jingle Bells <laughs> have been subjected to. Yeah. I think I think um, we got off quite nicely with this. I think they were kind to us. Yeah, they, I've definitely heard of some stinkers that they've had mm. to review. So um, I think, yeah, we got a good one. And, you know, it was made that much more interesting by the fact it's set in Scotland. And it's like, you know, it's that Leonardo DiCaprio meme of, like, him pointing at the TV. <laughs> like, just like... That's yeah. that's where I'm from. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, fair play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that fairly nicely brings us sort of to the wrap up. If you're again, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for thank you so much for for making it this far. We hope you've enjoyed this special <laughs> Jingle Boys episodes. Yeah, uh, thank you for bearing with our incessant rambling. Uh, we hope we've entertained you somewhat for the uh, last while. <laughs> Yeah, I hope uh, this um, this will be fun. I'm very excited to to go get, get to go edit the synopsis time jingle. I'm I'm supremely excited. Oh wow! I just hope it I just hope it picked up all right. I'm just ah, um, you know what? Like if it's for whatever reason it doesn't work, then I will re-record it. Oh, we'll you. get it. We'll we'll get it in there. Like by this point, the the you know if that synopsis time jingle, that the, you know you already know it worked, listeners, because because you've already you've made it here and it sounded it beautiful, here. didn't it? <laughs> um, I hope so. So yeah, thank you uh, so much for for listening again. Like if you found your way here um, on coffee and you don't um, follow the Jingle Bells, um, you know you can follow them at Jingle Bells Pod. Um, you can follow uh, Naomi at Naomi E A H underscore on Instagram and Twitter uh sam where, where can they find bex uh yeah bex is also on twitter you can uh, find her on at bex poet um so that's her tag i don't have a large amount of social media presence so i've not got anything or anything uh, but you won't probably what you won't be hearing from me as much as you'll be hearing from the jingle bells so follow them instead I figured, yeah i was like you know the next time you hear from us we will probably be doing another film yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we'll be able to, you know, pick a film for, uh, 
for the Jingle Bells. To oh, do a little... some sort of subtle revenge. Oh, um, yeah, like, yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, see if they go for that. Yeah, if you like that idea, let them know on um, the social medias. Thank you for signing up for for the coffee again like if you enjoy the jingle bells as a you know podcast we think it's very uh very fun please you know tell tell a festive friend we are getting real close to the snow uh to we're the getting christmas ready season. for christmas we're mm-hmm. rearing up to the festive season absolutely so yeah spread the word let them uh let folk know thank you so much for watching you say i've 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 been uh i've been jingle boy mark and i've been jingle boy sam and we'll um we'll see you next time Merry Christmas, Sam. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Mark. Take care. Santa, I've been good this year. Make your list and check it twice. I'll leave you a note right here.